pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Gun Funny episode 247. Today I'm going to chat with Luke Cuenco, aka Ballistic Aviation, discuss a recent 2A win in California, highlight a new pistol from Beretta, and talk about the latest on the Twitter saga. I am your host, Ava Flanell, and Peaches is on my lap. Peaches, say hi. Oh, sure. Now that I give her the cue to say hi, she's not going to say hi. But all the other episodes, she just has to say hi. But anyways, Luke, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Ava. Thanks for bringing me on the show. Oh, of course. Well, that sounded so professional. <laughs> I have to put on a face for the internet. Oh, the, okay. You, that's you right. You know, the real life me is a little bit different. Yeah. Because so. I was like, whoa, what happened to Luke? I was just talking I am to having, <laughs> I'm having a great time. I am recovering from our trip last week out to Arizona. Yeah. And I'm sore still and still very sunburnt. And oh, yeah, you got sunburnt really bad. I forgot about that. And you're also recovering from working out, which... We were just talking about because I finally got back into working out. I'm the heaviest I've ever been. I'll, I'll admit it. I don't really care. <laughs> and man, it just sucks getting back into shape. But unfortunately, you know what sucks is there's just so much travel going on that it's like yeah. hard to get into a routine. But in June, I think I'm going to hit it hard. I say that and then watch so many things come up. Speaking of things coming up. So I thought like I'd wait until my house that's being built. Once it was built, then I would sell my house. But now with interest rates going up, people are like, nope, if you're going to sell your house, you got to dump it right now. And I'm just like, uh, but my house isn't going to be done for like another three months. And so now I'm like, watch, now I have to like go and sell my house and be homeless for like three months. Yeah. Hey, actually, Luke, think- do you have like a couch that I could stay on? And do you like little small dogs that are like really cute and they only bark sometimes? Uh, the couch, I do have a couch, but uh, small dogs, um, I have a rule where... Uh, I only allow dogs in my house if when they're full grown, they come up to at least my knee. So <laughs> what if, I mean, Peaches stands on two legs pretty well. Oh well, yeah, there we go. That'll work. I okay. Mean, I, I, it's bending the rules a little bit, but yeah. Uh, okay, cool. BRB packing my bags. <laughs> no, but uh, I agree with you. It, it's kind of tough to get houses built these days because uh, contractors always run into the same problem. Like if you lock in a price early on, and then we have something like last year where the price of lumber goes through the freaking roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to get some stalls there. And then, you know, a six month build time goes into a year. Yeah. And then, you know, so I've got friends who are just now wrapping up their houses that were supposed to be done last year. But, oh, wow. I really hope that doesn't happen to me, especially if I sell my house. Cause then like, that's a lot of favors that I'm going to have to owe to people sleeping absolutely. on couches, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, adulting. It's so fun. Right. Okay. Real quick, before we get into the show, talk about Smith and Wesson. Actually, this is how we met. Oh, Smith and Wesson. They that is like, right. Yeah. So it was like two years ago. Actually, I think it was longer than two years ago. I think uh, it was uh, 2019. Yeah, actually, that makes sense. So uh, 2019 and we went to Smith and Wesson to their facility factory. And then yeah, that's in Springfield, where, Massachusetts. Yeah. And we just decided to become like BFFs and it's been a hit ever since. Yeah, absolutely. Meet you and uh, Ken Scott uh, from Perfectus Group as well. That was a dynamic trio, I suppose. I mean, that was a cool trip, though. Uh, with the, that was the 
easy nine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was when they released the actually wait. No, wasn't it the 380 first? The 380 came out first. I think we were there for the, the nine easy. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Just afterwards. Wait, no, <laughs> it was the release of the easy. I don't think it was the nine. Maybe you're right. I don't know. See, this is what happens when you get old. You forget. That's true. You need to you need to stock up on your ginkgo biloba. Ah, yes. I'm on Amazon right now. Um, (laughs) Okay. Well, either way, we met there, and we actually didn't really like hit it off. I just felt sorry for you because nobody was talking to us. I was like, "Eh, I'll just talk to the weird, awkward kid. And um, not so much awkwardness. I'm just very hostile. So yeah. I mean, I didn't want to say that, you know, with guns involved, but (laughs) but anyway. So let's talk about some of the Smith and Wesson products. So what are a few of your favorites? I am actually a really huge fan of the M&P Shield Plus. Okay, I, good. Go actually, I, I was going to talk about that. So, I mean, first of all, guys, if you want to step up your EDC game, I would definitely recommend check out the Shield Plus, the 9mm, and now they come in the 30 Super Carry, which is really cool because it holds a lot more rounds. But the 9mm, it holds 10 rounds, and then if you have the small extended mag, it holds 13 rounds, which... It's pretty great for its size. And I think that's what you carry, right? Yeah, I carry that in my rotation uh, on a pretty regular basis. I used to be a sole carrier of just the original Gen 1 shield. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you can't really argue with increased capacity. And I think all you're really sacrificing is like like an eighth of an inch in width uh, on the grip side of things. And um, the slides are completely interchangeable as well. So they kept all that functionality in there, but just widened the grip a little bit. And that makes it a, a, a huge sell for me. Do you have the optic ready version? I do not. I have, um, I just have the bone stock, uh, iron sights. Okay, cool. Um, I probably wouldn't put, uh, an optic on it. Just, just my personal preference. I have my P365 for that, mm-hmm. but the performance center one actually looks pretty decent as well uh, as mm-hmm. an option. So I might have to take up one of those down the road. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get them. I mean, lots of different choices, optic ready with night sights with or without the thumb safety, and honestly, I got to say the trigger on that Shield Plus is really nice, especially compared to the original one. They've definitely just increased, you know, the quality on that. Uh, really Absolutely. Clean and and I like the new shape. The mm-hmm. new shape of it is cool, too. The semi-curved, semi-flat trigger shoe is a really nice addition, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So if you guys want to check that out, head on over to smith-wesson.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Luke, I'm sure people are like, ballistic aviation, what? But the reason why I wanted to have you on is you kind of, I mean, you're sort of all over the industry, but really, I would say probably your biggest thing is that you write for the firearms blog, right? That is correct. I write for the firearm blog. Uh, I started doing that about three years ago and uh, it's been a perfect love story ever since, in my opinion. Uh, I absolutely love writing for them. They're a good group of guys and gals, actually. And really our our biggest main driving thing is we try to keep politics out of it so Mm -hmm. that we don't alienate people who may be new to the industry, you know, Mm -hmm. because there's a million other publications that do, uh, do politics and stuff like that, which is great. I mean, you know, politics is intrinsically tied to our lives in the United States as it should be, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, it's also a divisive subject. So at TFB, we try to keep the politics out and just focus on, on the firearms. And so I got to imagine with you writing about all these different topics, it, you know, you get like a lot of hands-on 
experience with, I mean, just a variety of, of things from the industry, all different kinds of companies and anything from like optics, gear, guns, ammo, yeah, aftermarket, yeah, ammo, aftermarket parts. Just if there's something in the firearms industry, I've probably touched it. And I kind of like to keep it that way because there's just so much in, in the gun industry and we're really what's the word a uh, blessed to actually have so much, so much stuff uh, mm-hmm. to choose from. I mean, like there's an, it's an, uh, it's a giant pit you can dive into and never come out of. Yeah, definitely. What got you started in writing? Is it something that you have a degree in? Like, I mean, are you like, me, oh. or you have an English and communications degree? Oh, absolutely not. I majored <laughs> in physics uh, in college. Really? And I, yeah. And then I tried to get a liberal arts degree uh-huh. after that. And then I got expelled from college. How? <laughs> That's a tale for another time, but uh, <laughs> suffice it suffice it to say, it translated well into my writing career later on. <laughs> um, and I kind of fell ass backwards into your job. Um, I was a moderator on the TFB Discord uh, chat room for a while, and uh, I started uploading or backing up videos during. I think this is back in 2019 mm-hmm. when YouTube was going real hardcore with the uh, capping gun content on mm-hmm. the platform, and so I offered to start backing up everything uh, for TFB TV on places like BitChute and Rumble and stuff like that. And that translated into me uh, starting writing daily news articles, like, you know, just press releases, stuff like that. You know, something's new, mm-hmm. people need to know about it. We put that up on there. And then that eventually grew into writing reviews. And then the podcasting came sometime early last year. And what so is your podcast called? Uh, the TFB Behind the Gun podcast, which is hosted by our editor-in-chief, Pete. And then my podcast is the TFB B-Side podcast. And that is, uh, we, we air every Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Pacific time. Dang, 8.30 a.m. Yeah, man, it, are get, you guys live? That, no, uh, we, we, it's pre-recorded. Oh, okay. Uh, that just because I, I find that it works out better for some of our guests who may have never been on a podcast before if they fumble something or say something odd. Like, oh, okay, totally. Okay. I know. Yeah, I like, <laughs> I mean, all I keep thinking is like, man, there's going to be so many edits on this show because like, you're just not flowing so well, but yeah. you know, good thing for you. It's, it's pre-recorded. Yeah. There we go. So you can <laughs> no, cut I'm out kidding. all my, my, my ums. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's mostly me. My poor. Editor. I find, I find, I do find though that I don't have to do that so often now. Yeah. As you, long as you tell people it's just a conversation, it, it, you know, it works out. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely get a little bit more used to it. Like I would yeah. say, you know, now obviously episode what two forty seven is way better than episode one, where I'm just like, ha, okay, um, <laughs> ha, ha, what next? <laughs> so yeah, I get it. And, and you do it. Uh, yours is every week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. No exceptions, huh? Yeah. No. And actually, I was just thinking, in August, it'll be five years now that I've had this show. Wow! Congratulations. What's the what's the five year anniversary gift you're supposed to get? I don't know. Is it leather or is it silver? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I like leather. Sounds sexy and kinky. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Different kind. Of, I think that's latex, Ava. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> that's weird. That's why it hurts so bad. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, I don't know. In fact, yeah, I mean, five years. That's actually kind of... Most podcasts really don't make it past like 20 episodes. I hate to say it. That's true. I've noticed because uh, I do a podcast roundup, which I featured your podcast in there every mm-hmm. week. And yeah. it's because I like listening to gun related content. Like, you know, I'm just working or working out or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, it helps me stay up to date on stuff and because I think a lot of people assume that if you work in the firearms industry, you have some sort of omniscient knowledge of every single thing that's being released all the time and every topic that's being discussed. And like we said before, 
there's just so much stuff out there in the gun industry that there's no single human being can keep track of all of it. Yeah. I agree. So I, I, I like to, I like to listen to a lot of other gun podcasts, like the, the Vortex Nation podcast, probably one of my favorite ones. They're, they're very topical and highly focused and it's, it's a, it's a good way to get information that's maybe outside of your wheelhouse and mm-hmm. kind of get a read on it. Hmm. Okay. I'll have to check out their podcast. I haven't checked it out. Although I yeah. don't really listen to podcasts though. <laughs> you just listen to Kesha or whatever. Yeah. What, what, are, the, what are the kids in today? <laughs> I don't know. Is Kesha still around? <laughs> I have no idea. Anyways, I'm going to take a quick break. Talk about primary arms. Actually, primary arms, once this show comes out, it will have already happened. So I guess I could say it because it's not open to the public, but they do have a range day that we're going to be meeting at. You're attending. It's right before NRA. That's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm really kind of excited to see, you know, what they do. They're supposed to be like mechanical bull riding and a shoot house and all kinds of stuff that they're doing. That's a little bit different than your average range day. But anyways, that aside, I would highly recommend checking out their optics. They have their all new GLX, the one to six by 24 FFP rifle scopes available now in the ACSS Griffin and ACSS Raptor reticles. The GLX is their mid-tier optic with premium quality glass. The front focal plane reticles is great because the distance holds are like the same at any power. They come with a modular throw level and you can switch between capped or target turrets for quick adjustments. All of this is available at $699.99. And remember, if you use the code AVA, that's A-V-A, you're going to get a free one-piece scope mount with every Primary Arms optic that you purchase, and that is at primaryarms.com. Look, I'm curious, when did you get into guns? Was it something that you grew up with, or did you just kind of take it up as a hobby like later on in your, well, I mean, you're not that old, but I guess early adulthood? <laughs> Uh, it's kind of on and off. Uh, I started shooting when I was five. Uh, mm. My dad was pretty hardcore about the whole gun safety thing. He was uh, uh, an NRI certified instructor, I believe, or maybe just a member, marksman or something like that. He was mm-hmm. an ROTC growing up and uh, my brother was into guns. I watched a lot of gun movies growing up. So I would we would go shoot every once in a while, but I really got heavily into handguns when I turned 21. Mm-hmm. I bought a Smith & Wesson uh, Sigma in 40 cal. That was my first carry pistol, which was a kind of a huge mistake. A Sigma. I don't even, I'm going to yeah. have to Google that right now. I don't oh, even know yeah. what they're, a Sigma. They're, they're ancient. Huh. So, That's so weird. the Sigma was my first gun and I quickly upgraded to an M&P 9 compact, which uh, stayed with me, uh, man, for probably about a decade. And then uh, early on there, I got into competitive shooting like uh, Steel Challenge and uh, USPSA. Mm-hmm. And, uh, ever since then, I kind of just, I, I got bit by the competition bug. And, and so now I get into, I mean, I just got back from Woodland Brutality with InRange TV. That was super fun. There's going to be a couple articles coming out on t- uh, the firearm blog about that. You know what I really like about you though, is I touched base with you. I knew that right after we all just met in Arizona for the Frankfurt Arsenal reloading event. And then you were like, yeah, after this, I'm flying out to, I forget what state, what state did you West go Virginia. to? Okay. And you probably just mentioned that. And anyway, so when I touched base with you like a few days ago and you were like, yeah, I just got back. And I was like, how'd you do? And you're like, yeah, I mean, I did pretty well. And you're like, I'm not really concerned with the score, though. It's like all about having fun. 
And I wish more people were like that. I mean, maybe they are, but I don't know. For me, I just like to have fun. I don't always like when I do any sort of competition, any of those events, I'm just like, nah, whatever. I don't feel like I'm really I'm not competitive in nature in that sense. I'm like competitive when it comes to like business and stuff, but not really like to me. I'm like, as long as like I feel like I did well and I learned from it and had fun, like it was successful. Absolutely. And I know like a lot of people kind of turn their nose up when they hear that, you know, the the term USPSA, because I think, yeah, I think the USPSA organization has garnered a little bit of perhaps deserved uh, vitriol against it in mm-hmm. recent years, because yeah. it, it almost seems elitist. And like, when I do say I'm a USPSA competitor, I'm not a grandmaster. I'm not a master. I'm not even an A class shooter. I'm maybe a B class shooter <laughs> on a good day. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like you said, I just like having a good time and it's it's fun to move and shoot. And I think if more people got into it, it would vastly increase the amount of time they spend at the range versus like standing in a stall. Yeah. At a, you know, at a, a static range and just, you know, punching the same hole through a paper target at seven yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of shooting, so when we were in Arizona, we all got the Seek and Precision Havoc rifles. And what were your thoughts on that? So um, I had actually never touched a Seekins rifle before that day. And, yeah, um, same it, actually. It was, it was heavier than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. And they're supremely accurate, especially the six millimeter Creedmoor that mm-hmm. we were using there. And that's with hand loaded ammunition that we were making ourselves. The bolt's a little sticky, but, uh, mm-hmm. that was, they're, they're brand new rifles. I believe they had never been fired before. And yeah. it, towards the end, I stuck around a little bit afterwards when a couple of people, uh, dipped early, uh, just to, you know, kind of get refreshed and stuff before our dinner that night. And I stuck around for probably another two hours just shooting the rest of my ammo and the bolt loosened itself up a little bit and it was a lot smoother by the end of it. So I think there was maybe just a little bit of a break in period there. Yeah. The dust cover though is a unique thing to me. And I think that's kind of neat, uh, but it's something you normally find on just AR 15s and it, it, to find it on a bolt gun is, is quite interesting. So just elaborate on that. So, so that um, Normally a dust cover is there on an AR-15 to keep, you know, dust out of the action and uh, outside of the bolts and on bolt action rifles, they're normally not there. And they include one on the Havoc, which is quite interesting because if you, you, a lot of modern hunters, especially, I mean, if you're down in Arizona, you guys have to deal with all that moon dust, 100% absolutely recommend something like that to keep your action free from debris. Because, you know, if your bolt lugs get fouled up or something like that, then you're going to have a bad day and then you need canned air or like a brush or something to get that all cleaned out. So preventing it from getting in there in the first place is honestly a smart idea. And I think more rifles should have it. You know, it's weird. Stupid to me. I actually didn't even notice that it had the dust cover. <laughs> well, it's, it's not a common thing on, on bolt action rifles. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, well, it's a- and I guess in my defense, I don't really have a lot of time behind bolt action rifles, but I'm Googling it right now and I'm like, that is still something that I feel like I would have noticed, but there was just a lot going on. And on these, like during these events, I mean, they definitely keep you busy where you're pretty tired. I mean, even if you don't go out that night, you're still pretty tired because breakfast starts at 6.30 a.m. They keep you busy the entire day. And then dinner's usually at like 7.30. By the time you get back, it's like 10.30 If you have long hair like me, you know, you got to wash your hair, get up earlier, you know, do your hair and makeup. So, I mean, you're like not really getting a ton of sleep, but absolutely not. Yeah. Was it the Havoc Hit Pro that we got or just the Hit? I think it's the standard Hit. I think the Pro comes with a compensator and ours had uh, 
Oh yeah. Just, um, uh, five eighths by 24 threaded barrel uh, yep. uh, thread protectors on there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, actually, now that you mentioned that, I mean, that is something that I'm surprised that more rifles don't have. And when we are shooting, so we're in the middle of like the desert, we're in Prescott, Arizona. And at, at the legendary Gunsight Academy, actually. Yeah. I talked about that on my last episode. It was actually really windy. And oh, yeah. <laughs> it kind of makes, I mean, you'd see just dust blowing up and stuff. So I, I'm sure it came in handy. I'm sure that we probably wouldn't have shot as well without that. Yeah, I, I flipped mine up um, in between heats when we were letting our rifles cool down because, man, six millimeter Creedmoor heats barrels up. It something does. fierce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I burned my thumb actually picking it up one time. Oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. Um, we shot out to what, like 1,400 yards that day? 1,000 yards? You did. I shot out to 1,000 and then I left early. And for some reason ever- at that time, we couldn't shoot out because of the way that the sun and the wind was. And they were like, we can't see the targets uh, out that okay. far. And then when you guys stayed later, the sun and stuff like was able to hit that target where they could see the hits. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah it was uh, it was hazy that day. That was the the first time you'd shot out to a thousand yards before, right? No, so I actually shot out to a mile. Oh, OK, cool. How did yeah. that work out? That was a lot of fun. It was in Texas and I used uh, my friend's 300 Win Mag custom rifle. Oh, OK, there you go. Yeah. And then before that, I'd only shot out to 630 yards. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So I don't have a ton of experience with, you know, shooting long range or even using bolt action. And it's definitely something that I want to get into more. Unfortunately, here in Colorado, the only range that has some distance to it is a thousand yard range. And it's like hit or miss if it's open, depending on fire bands, which we did just get a bunch of moisture, but it's been very dry and there's already been so many fires. I think the day that I flew back from Arizona, there was three consecutive fires going on just in Colorado, like in Colorado Springs. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's the only unfortunate thing. I'm sure you get more opportunities. Uh, I mean, in my local range, it's kind of the same way for me. I don't get to shoot out past 600 yards very often. So I'll take every opportunity I can get because it's to me, it's experience and it's just honestly a lot of fun. It's a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. What were your thoughts on reloading? And to my knowledge, this wasn't your first time. I know for a lot of us, I think like what, there was like 10 people there and nine out of the 10 people or maybe eight out of the 10 people had never reloaded, but you were one of the few that had, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that was their intention to bring a bunch of people who hadn't reloaded, which maybe it was because they wanted some pretty basic stuff, but I've been reloading for probably about a decade. Oh, okay. So that's but why that being said, <laughs> that's why you that were done said, while everyone else was like still, you know, on the struggle bus. Huh. Yeah. Well, I, but here you guys saw how easy it is to pick up and how addicting it is mm-hmm. because it, like, like Ken was sitting over there in his own little happy place with his headphones on, right. Like crank cranking on that thing. Like there's no tomorrow, I know. but yeah, reloading. I still got a lot of value out of the event because it was specifically precision reloading stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the reloading I got into has been all pistol caliber stuff, mostly for competition use, because, you know, if you want to shoot, like say major power factor in USPSA, unless you want to buy a bunch of, you know, federal 147 grain HST plus P, 
you're going to want to reload because it ends up, it is more economical. You don't save a lot of money, but you will be able to shoot more for spending the same amount of cash uh, in general mm -hmm. for, for pistols. But um, the, the long range stuff was all kind of new to me. Like having Gavin there, the ultimate reloader was great because he's like an encyclopedia of reloading knowledge. He knows everything there is to know about precision reloading and yeah. just having him there to talk to and ask very finely, you know, finely detailed questions, like questions that your new reloader won't ask right away, but will eventually be curious about uh, as they get more experience. And mm -hmm. so just having him there and not only being able to reload our stuff, but then go out and shoot it literally 20 minutes later was, was pretty fun yeah. and, and also very eye-opening for me. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I'm going to take another quick break, talk about Mantis. Do you have any experience with Mantis's products? Like the oh, Mantis yeah. I got their, uh, I've got their Laser Academy right, sitting right next to me, actually. Oh, really? So I have yeah. that. I have not opened the box yet. What are your thoughts on it? Um, I actually really like it. They've got a couple good courses inside there that help you to kind of shore up your your pistol proficiency. And then they've got a couple of other fun things as well. And you can honestly, I like the laser bullet by mm -hmm. itself, just because it, it's a good way. Like when I come back from the gym, I dry fire for five minutes and I use that little tiny Ipsic target, put it across the room. And my rule is that I got to get 10 clean dry fires in where the dot doesn't bounce outside of the uh, A zone on the target. So, and why do you specifically do it right when you get back from the gym? Is it because your hands are shaky or... It just, uh, it's, it's just part it's, of your routine. It's part of my routine. And also I find that when your body's under stress, yeah. uh, it, it makes for better training because yeah. then when you're stable, you know, you, you should theoretically be better. Huh. Okay. I'm gonna have to try that. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys want to check out their stuff, head on over to mantisx.com. Let's go back to the firearms blog. What are some cool stuff that you've written about recently? Um, so I have a weekly column, I guess, if you want to call it, uh, called the Rimfire Report. And as part of that weekly series, I have just got into doing some ballistic gel testing for various Rimfire ammunition. Oh, nice. Uh, so 22 long rifle is not what many people would consider to be a reliable self-defense cartridge. There's a lot of issues that it does have that I think make it a suboptimal selection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But with Federal's introduction of 22 long rifle punch, mm -hmm. I wanted to get some, you know, like hard data to see what it performs like and if it's, you know, performing as advertised because a lot of ammunition companies can put whatever they want on the box. And I think they kind of obscure like test barrel lengths and stuff like that. Yeah you know, just because, you know, there's only so much space on the box, but federal 22 long rifle punch is advertised at 1070 feet per second out of a two inch barrel. And it lives up to the name. So, and it also penetrates very deep. So it doesn't deform or anything like that. It doesn't expand like a hollow point, but I think if you're going to, as far as like 22 long rifle cartridges go, if you're going to use a 22 LR gun for self-defense, I think federal punch is going to give you the best bang for your buck in terms of barrel length. Hmm. I got a box of that stuff and I have yet to use it. And I was kind of thinking like, oh, I should play around with it and just see, you know, how well, but as a firearms instructor, there's a lot of people out there that just don't have the hand strength, you know, like they're older yep. and they're just like, look, this is what I have. This is what I feel yep. most comfortable with. And exactly. it, it is what it is. I mean, you know, is it the best round? Am I going to go and tell every student to use a gun that's chambered in 22 long rifle? No, but obviously that's going to be better than no gun at all. 
And so I've been really curious to kind of test out the punch ammo and also like, so how is the reliability? Cause that's another thing is like rimfire ammunition is just notorious for being unreliable. Correct. And I, I think it largely has to do with the quality of the priming compound that is seated into the rim. And I shot probably 250 some odd rounds during the, the tests I've been doing over the last couple of weeks. I hadn't have a single, you know, misfire or anything like that. No light primer strikes. And nice. that's using probably four or five different rimfire guns with varying levels of quality. Oh, nice. So <laughs> nice. I, I would say it's reliable enough to carry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely more reliable than something like Remington Thunderbolt, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's just purely range ammo. Like if you want to go out and plank, have a good time, that's the most affordable way to do it. I would mm-hmm. not be using the federal punch for that, but for self-defense, I think it's, it's more than sufficient enough mm-hmm. to, to do that. And I, on that point you were mentioning about that's all you have. Sometimes there's, there's people who just can't handle recoil from a bigger gun. And yeah. I get that, my, you know, my mom has arthritis. Mm-hmm. So it's keeping stuff like that in mind. And I know a lot of people want to poo poo the idea of, you know, 22 long rifle for self-defense, but like you said, sometimes it's all you got. And exactly. the first rule of any gunfight is bring a freaking gun. Yeah, I totally agree. Anything else that you've been working on? Uh, yeah, I'm actually in the midst of reviewing the KE arms, uh, WWSD 2020. Oh, okay. And I actually brought that to Woodland Brutality uh-huh. and it's amazing how much a lightweight rifle does for you versus like a standard, you know, eight pound, eight and a half pound AR-15. It's uh, I was a lot less winded during the courses of fire. And that's, you know, I was wearing 20 pounds of armor, carrying five pounds of water and, you know, just running around in the, the hot West Virginia sun all day. But the rifle so far um, has been very reliable, not so accurate because it's got a pencil profile barrel, but you know, there's always trade-offs, mm-hmm. if, you know, anything inside the firearms industry Mm -hmm. yeah man all i keep thinking is you're like yeah i was running around in the sun carrying all the stuff and i was like oh your poor face it must be so red because you got pretty you were pretty badly sunburnt in arizona (laughs) i was i was beat i was red as a tomato leaving arizona and i think i'm i am brown enough now to to pass off as whatever you want me to pass off (laughs) man you are so lucky i so far, Colorado's only had nice weather for a week. And you not, guys got snow today, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me started. And here I am running out like a crazy person trying to put like buckets and stuff over my flowers. And now I'm just like, you know what? Whatever it is, what it is. I'm selling the house eventually. I don't even care. But I would feel bad if they, I mean, all of the buds were like just about to bloom. And ugh, I don't want to talk about it. It's, it's a sore subject right now. But yeah, so, so far, I am like super white. Like I need to sit out in the sun and get a tan, but it's just, we really haven't had the weather for it. What so, a time. Yeah, true. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last month has been pretty cool. And then we've got NRAM next week. So mm-hmm, Exactly. Yeah. Which actually, like I said, when the show comes out, it will, because I'm going to be gone all next week. So I'm pre-recording the show, but it will have already happened. So hopefully everything goes, you know, smoothly, but hope so you never know with the weather in texas that's true it's got to be better than colorado though yeah absolutely it's probably <laughs> rare that it's going to be snowing but then again it was rare that it was going to snow today but you know it's actually supposed to snow for the next four days does that kind of affect uh your carry setup like what do you pick different guns based on what the weather is going to be like or do you kind of just base no. your clothing around around what the weather is and then take a gun off of that yeah so i typically always carry the same gun 
but it you know when it's colder it obviously makes carrying a lot easier and then when it's like super hot and you're wearing like shorts and a tank top you're like all right let's see here what are we gonna do and if that's the case sometimes i'll go for the flashbang holster sometimes i mean i always have one in my purse and i know a lot of people frown upon that it is what it is i think that you know i mean i realize like the pros and cons that come with that but again it's kind of like talking about 22 where it's like hey it's better than nothing and i would hope that maybe i could just turn a corner real quick take cover and pull it out or something yeah off-body carry i don't think is such a terrible idea it's not optimal but yeah sometimes don't have a choice i mean the situation is always going to dictate what's optimal and Mm -hmm. you can't prepare for everything. Yeah. The only thing that I would say maybe don't carry in your purse is if you have kids and they're constantly going through your purse, then at that point I would be like, eh, I probably wouldn't, but you know, all I have is peaches. And so far she hasn't been able to pick up my gun. Yeah. Well, thank God for that. Who knows what would happen if peaches had access (laughs) to your gun? You know, I don't know. I mean, she's teething and she definitely acts like sometimes she wants to kill me. So yeah, I could just imagine (laughs) now. And then also you're a pilot, you're certified as a pilot, which is so weird. It's like the new thing now. Like I have a bunch of friends that are getting certified to fly and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Oh, it's, it's super fun. I've actually wanted to be a pilot since I was a little kid. You can ask my parents. I would not eat the train. I wouldn't eat the car. If it was, the plane was coming and I would eat whatever food was on the spoon. So <laughs> ever since I was a little kid, I liked planes and I wanted to be a pilot for a long time. I was planning on, before I actually started doing full-time riding, I was trying to become a commercial airline pilot. But when I started doing the riding thing, you know, since guns are kind of, I love guns almost as much as I love aviation. Mm-hmm. I decided to kind of just keep flying as a hobby. So I've got my private pilot certificate and I'm most of the way through my instrument rating right now, which allows you to fly in clouds and stuff like that. But mm, um, nice. I do agree with you that I, I found that there's a lot of new pilots out there, which I think is great because pilots only make up about 1% of the United States population. There's about 350,000 of us out there. Oh, wow. And that number is growing. And I've also found that a lot of pilots also happen to be gun people, which is another odd thing. And I'm not sure exactly why, if there's like some sort of correlation between flying and, and firearms, but it's happened enough times to where it's more than a coincidence, in my opinion. You know what also I find is a weird coincidence is a lot of firearms instructors are also scuba <laughs> diver <laughs> instructors. That's funny you mentioned that. There's a guy I actually shoots steel challenge with who actually is a dive instructor. <laughs> Isn't it? So yeah. I think it's it's actually more common than you would think. Like if you start like asking around, you know, and having these conversations with people and I'm like, that's a really weird I don't know. It's definitely, it's kind of weird how. Maybe it's exposure to danger. <laughs> I, I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah. I like, mean, let's, put, let's put ourselves, you know, a hundred feet underwater yeah. you know, with no way to get up. And, and also let's, let's carry hundreds of feet up in the air. And yeah. 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 I don't know. It's kind of interesting. And then I'm trying to think, it's like my friend who just took it up. So he went from, he was riding bikes. He's also very much into guns. But he went from street bike riding where his girlfriend got into a really bad accident. And he was like, eh, it was pretty eye opening. Let's take up flying that way. If we crash, well, you know, there's very little chance of survival and whatever. Yeah. But anyway, so he's been taking these flight lessons. He just went in on a plane with another person. And, and I'm like, that is so cool that like now you have like a plane because it's not like a you know, it's not like a nice like private jet or anything. It's one of those like older airplanes and yeah. i think it only fits like two people 
but yeah but it's, it's extremely still, liberating though yeah i'm like that would be really cool yeah and i think private ownership of airplanes is, enables people to do a lot of stuff they normally mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to do like if you want to like i live in memphis if i want to go down to like destin florida and have lunch i could totally do that yeah and that's what he was <laughs> saying plane. so he lives in south dakota because he's in the oil industry and he's like yeah i mean they live like middle of nowhere and he's like so it's kind of great because if we want to come down for a weekend or a night or whatever it would be you know so much easier yeah and it's honestly i think it's another one of those things like when you get into guns you you go in for one reason right you go in like okay i want to do this for self-defense or you know maybe just like have a new hobby or something but mm-hmm. you learn so much more because of the associated principles surrounding firearms. And it's the same way with aviation. Like if you get a pilot's license, you're going to go in for the flying and you're going to come out a meteorologist and a mechanic and yeah. a lot of other things at the same time. You learn a lot of fundamental principles that, you know, are necessary to uh, the flying part, but mm-hmm. also apply in a lot of other places in life. I, so I, I, I think it's a, a very rewarding hobby at yeah. this point. And if not, you know, for many people, it's a career. And I think that's great. Mm-hmm wrapping it up is there any future plans that you can share with listeners any anything cool uh yeah so um i'm sure most of you've heard by now that sig has announced the sig uh, is it the x10 i believe the the 10 millimeter p320 oh yeah Uh, there's gonna be a review coming up on that soon i'm kind of excited for that it i wasn't expecting it to be quite honest because that 10 millimeters making a resurgence, I think. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people love the cartridge because of its inherent power. And I'm sure if God owned guns, he would probably be picking a 10 millimeter as well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, yeah, just lots of reviews down the pipeline. I've got a couple of stuff coming, uh, a couple of things coming in from Voodoo Gunworks and a couple of other companies too. So nice. we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it play, uh, plays out. More gun reviews. That's Got to feed the machine. Nice. Right on. <laughs> and then if anyone wants to follow you on social media or read any of the articles that you write from the firearms blog or listen to your podcast, where can they find all that information? Okay. So uh, right off the bat, uh, the firearmblog.com is where you can find the articles. You can find more gun reviews on YouTube at TFB TV. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Ballistic Aviation. It's, I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. And then uh, what else? You can also follow Firearm Blog on Instagram and TFBTV on Instagram as well. All right. Awesome. All right. Moving on. So Caldwell. What experience do you have with Caldwell? Oh, all sorts of stuff. Caldwell, I've used a lot of their shooting bags before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, which we did last week. Yeah, we we did that last week too. So yeah, a lot of shooting accessories. Uh, Their steel targets as well. Um, My favorite steel target is obviously their little rimfire flipping target. That that one's fun. Uh, It's a self-resetting target. Four targets down below, and then they all flip over. You hit the target on the top to reset it. Hmm. Hours of fun never have to reset it. And it's durable as heck. I mean, I've, I've had it for like a year and it hasn't worn away. So I'm going to have to get that. Yeah. It's very fun for plankers. Yeah. yeah. Huh? Yeah. I'm definitely gonna have to get that. I actually, I have a range now, door range, and we we're going to work on it this weekend. I have a guy from a company who's running a loader, you know, cause we got to, the berm always like washes away. So every year we got to like build up the right. berm again, but I ended up canceling just because of all the snow and stuff. But anyways, like the range is filled with all of Caldwell steel, steel <laughs> targets. And 
It's just so much fun. Like I love, that's the one thing is like, I love shooting outdoors just because I can shoot at steel. Shoot steel. I like shooting <laughs> indoors. I'm not going to lie. I know a lot of people hate shooting indoors. I like it just because I don't have to deal with like getting sunburn. It's windy. It's raining, you know, whatever. I could just go in, you know, shoot for like an hour or two, leave, go on with my day. I'm not covered in like mud, sweat, dirt, whatever. But yeah. there's still something to be said about just shooting outside and just like, at the steel and it's a nice day and oh, I love it. But yeah, in my opinion, Caldwell makes some of the best, most affordable steel out there. So if you guys want to check it out, head on over to caldwellshooting.com. Don't forget to use the code gunfunny10 and that's going to get you 10% off your entire order. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. This week in politics, court strikes down another California gun ban. Last week, a three-judge panel of the Ninth Circuit Court found that California's ban on people under 21 buying semi-auto rifles was unconstitutional. California adopted the law in 2018 and originally banned the sale of all long guns for 18 to 21-year-olds, but it was amended to only ban semi-auto rifles. Similar laws have been passed in Vermont, Florida, and Washington, so this is definitely an important case. They had provided an exception for long guns as long as they had hunting licenses, but the court ruled that the near total ban on 18 to 21-year-olds from buying semi-autos violated their Second Amendment rights as the only exceptions were made for law enforcement. Two of the three judges ruled in favor of the decision, which referenced early colonial history when Englishmen as old as 15 were required to have arms to take part in militias and the Militia Act of 1792, which enshrined this at the age of 18. Judge Nelson wrote, Ultimately, the Second Amendment protects the right of the people to keep and bear arms and refers to the militia. Young adults were part of the militia and were expected to have their own arms. Though public safety is important, firearms were also dangerous in 1791 when the Second Amendment was ratified and the government then also had an interest in promoting public safety. Judge Lee added to the opinion that California's legal position has no logical stopping point and would ultimately erode fundamental rights enumerated in our Constitution. Firearms Policy Coalition Vice President of Programs Adam Kraut said, Today's decision confirms that peaceable legal adults cannot be prohibited from acquiring firearms and exercising their rights enshrined in the Second Amendment. We are pleased to see progress on this important legal front and optimistic that similar results will come from or many other challenges to age-based bans filled in courts across the United States. No word has come yet on an appeal from the state of California, but like most two-way cases, especially in California, that you know, it's probably certain to happen. Yeah. Most likely we'll see this case ultimately go to the Supreme Court for the ultimate decision. The final ruling on the New York Rifle and Pistol Clubs case in the Supreme Court is expected this summer and will be a good indication of how the current court will rule on two-way cases such as this one. Kind of interesting. It's so interesting how California, how they're like, oh, magazines, unconstitutional. And like for a week you could buy magazines and then what was it like next? It was like ammo, you know, you can get ammo shipped to your door. And that was like yeah, no, a week. Like, and you had to get background checks and stuff. Yeah. And all that other stuff. It's, yeah. California is a, is an odd, odd state. So I grew up on the West coast. Actually, I'm from Oregon originally. And 
I think California is always going to be fighting itself because the state's beautiful. It has great weather. Mm-hmm. Um, the people in most of most places around California are great. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of actually, there's a lot of competitive shooters in California. Oh, I, mean, I know. We've got, you know, Terran Tactical down there and, you know, there's ISS independent studio services that has, you know, literally every gun you can imagine that's yeah. been in any, any Hollywood movie. Have you ever been uh, there? I have not. I actually really want to go uh, and check the place out. Guess who's been there? Oh, have you been there? Peaches. Peaches. Has oh, been Peaches there. has been there. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I have been there. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually have been there. I was there like maybe four years ago. Did you have like cool. a specific gun you were looking for from like a movie you'd seen or did you kind of just there for the whole experience? Yeah, I was just there for the whole experience. I mean, yeah. we did get to see like a lot of the guns that were used in previous movies. And then they had carts selected where they put all the guns that were going to be in that film for carts. And like, it was like the name of the movie and they were like, nobody look at this. Cause like, then we would know like of upcoming <laughs> movies, like as if like the title of the movie, you know, but yeah, it wasn't, wouldn't give it away. Yeah. But I don't know. It was definitely really cool. And then there was also a bunch of fake guns as well. And even those were like super realistic. And then they even had like different stores in there. So they had like a grocery store. So if you, we're filming a movie and you didn't want to use like name brands because there was some sort of conflict of interest or you didn't want to give them that free advertising. And Interesting. Yeah. Yes, I didn't know they, they had like an actual like studio inside there. I always thought it was just like a gun and prop house. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. But back to your, the second amendment thing. Yeah. With, Sorry. With, See, uh, this is California. This is what happens no. when I drink coffee and I record the show and then I'm like squirrel. <laughs> yeah, Everything. No, I, you know, coming from the Pacific Northwest and growing up around guns, it was never odd for me to see people younger than the age of 18, like, you know, with guns. So I find it kind of baffling that you'd want to, to further push down the road something that exists within the United States as kind of like a core principle, you know, to Americans, like guns exist inside this country. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like anything, like there's a specific age when you're old enough and responsible enough to understand the gravity of what it means to handle a firearm. When I was about five or six, my dad took me out shooting for the first time. And he was, you know, it was like kind of like one of those serious talks your parents give you. It's like, look, we're not screwing around here. Like if one thing goes wrong here, you or someone else, you know, is probably dead or seriously injured. Mm -hmm. And I think I've found that adults who have handled firearms from a young age, whether or not they're even into guns when they're adults, they're more responsible because of they understand the consequences of mishandling a firearm or you know, having a firearm being misused in some way. So I think preventing 18 year olds from purchasing like long arms is kind of an odd decision on their part, but I'm glad that, you know, it looks like it's moving in the correct direction now, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right. Franklin Armory. Do you have any experience with any binary triggers? Uh, yeah, actually, I have their BFS two twenty two C one for the ten twenty two. Oh, nice, Adam Hootie Who. That's who I had on last week, and mm-hmm. he said the same thing. And you know, it's so stupid. I said the same thing. I don't have a ten twenty two. I'm probably the <laughs> only gun owner. I know. I'm like that's like a staple gun that you'd have in your collection. 
Yeah, I think you committed a, a firearms sin. Uh, I know, now. I know. So I need to buy one, clearly, because yeah, I want definitely. this binder. I'm literally buying this gun because I want this trigger. That's the only reason. Yeah, and it's actually very, it's a very reliable trigger. Uh, I've used some of their other binary triggers, and uh, like the one that came out during SHOT Show 2022 for the Glock 17. Mm-hmm. I, personally, I mean, it's fun if you want to mag dump into into garbage at that you know your your home range or something I do. like that. I want to. Yeah, you do. And then, but the twenty two is actually almost practical in my opinion because there's no recoil with a, a ten twenty two. And are you still pretty trigger, accurate? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, it's, you know, as accurate as you can be. Yeah. <laughs> when you're squeezing the trigger. Yeah. A billion times a second, but it, it is really just fun and honestly, like. What other reason would you want to own something like that other than just to have fun with it? Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, that's kind of ultimately yeah, what it is. But what I like about it is you have the option of either shooting it in semi-auto mode or binary. So you're not committed. Yeah, that's right. And then there's safety features. Like say you, exactly. you pull the trigger like on the first one and then you decide, hey, I don't want to let the trigger go and have there be another round go off. You can flip that safety. Yep. Uh, back to single fire and then it just works like a regular trigger Mm -hmm. yeah exactly so i'm like why wouldn't you want those triggers in all your guns but yeah so if you're like me and you want that i have a code for you it's ava just ava and that's going to get you 10 percent off and that is at franklinarmory.com q a there's no such thing as a stupid question just kidding visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours and today's Q&A is, do you think that SHOT Show 2023 is going to happen? And what do you think the attendance is going to be like? Huh. So, I mean, we're definitely getting ahead of ourselves. But, well, I guess, I mean, not really. I guess we're like, what, six? Well, we're like seven. We're almost halfway through the year. Yeah. I'm like, dang, where the hell? This is what happens. The older you get, it's like the quicker time flies. Like I just got back in my head from shot show. Dude, right? That's so. exactly what I was thinking. I was literally just thinking that I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. It just happened. But I'm like, but I guess actually we are at the end of May now. But yeah, so it'll be interesting one to see how NRA is. NRA annual yeah. meetings. And this is technically going to be the first show that's open to the public since COVID. If you think about it. Yeah, that's correct. That's why, I mean, one, I'm not going to support the NRA. I still could care less about them. I think that they need to make a bunch of changes before they're going to see my support. I'm not even an NRA member. I'm actually, I had a company put me down as an employee so that I wouldn't even have to give them a dime to attend this show. But I'm going more for my sponsors. But even then, it'll be interesting to see how attendance is because I know I asked like my patrons if anyone was going and even people that lived in Texas, they were like, eh, nah, we're not going to go. But then I've been thinking there's a lot of people that didn't go to SHOT Show last year. They're like, yeah, we're fine. Like, why spend this amount of money? And let's face it, it's not inexpensive. I mean, you're talking about like some of them are paying like a million plus dollars on. Oh, yeah. Some of those boots are are ridiculously expensive. And a lot of these companies are like, eh, we'd rather just put like those marketing dollars towards other things. And then also, you know, with them really... I mean, still gun sales are still through the roof and they're not really having a hard time selling product. So I don't know. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, so SHOT Show 2022 is odd because it felt emptier than usual. Yeah. There were a lot less 
of those weird milk crates that everyone drags oh, behind saying, them that can we just, run your feet over. Can I'm, we just get an amen? That. Yeah, I know, same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's several huge players missing from shot 2022. I know um, IWI wasn't there. No, they um, actually were, but they did not set up their stuff. They didn't no, have- Okay, because I saw their table and I was like, okay, are they here? Are they not here? So yeah, I just there, there was only two representatives from IWI because most of them were coming from Israel. And I think in order to get back or to fly overseas or something, they had to get vaccinated or oh, okay. something. I don't even know, something like that. But there was only two representatives from IWI. And as a result, they had the guns shipped there, but they didn't even put out the guns because they're like, well, who's watching all these guns? They didn't want anything yeah. stolen and yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of odd to see everything be a little bit more spread out and mm-hmm. less compact. And I'm not sure because I know they added the Caesars forum as mm-hmm. well, which yeah. was kind of nice. I like those vaulted ceilings. Yeah. That um, area was kind of pretty. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of on the fence. I don't know if this is going to convince more people because you got to imagine like a lot of companies probably saved a lot of money not going to SHOT Show. Like they saved money from their marketing budget. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they're they're going to see maybe a light at the end of the tunnel and be like, well, maybe we just should do more smaller things and spend our marketing budget in a different way, or if they're going to get back to it. My personal feeling is I think people are going to come back to, to SHOT Show 2023 in greater numbers because I think there's something you're missing. And I'm sure you get this too. Like SHOT Show is more than just going there for the new product releases. It's a massive networking event for people in the gun industry. Like you meet so many people there that become future contacts and in some cases friends. And it's just, there's something you're missing by talking through emails, you know, like to these kind of people, like you want to see the product in person, you want to touch it, you want to be able to shoot it, you know, for if you're going to industry day at the range. So I think SHOT Show is almost like a necessary thing if you want to have the excitement around a product that you're releasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I do agree. Like there's that FOMO feeling that you have, you know, but yeah. uh, I don't know. I think 2023 will definitely give us some insight as to what to expect for future events. Yeah. Cause 2022 was kind of out the gate, like, Hey, everyone's yeah. going back out there. And it was, you know, everyone was excited, but you know, yeah. we were missing a lot of people. Yeah. And so there was I think still you're this- right. 20- yeah, there's still a lot of people that just didn't go, you know, for various reasons. But yeah. yeah, hopefully that answers your question. All right, IWI. Speaking of IWI, I'm assuming you're pretty familiar with IWI's products. Yeah, I actually used to live last year. I lived probably 20 minutes from their facility in Pennsylvania. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, big fan of the Jericho pistol. Good gun. Why? Just solid construction. It's 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 um, like I mean, there's a lot of talk about like you know buy once cry once kind mm-hmm. of gun, and the Jericho is one that's been on my list for a while. And just every time I've shot one, it's just it's a good gun. And like you know, they're making progressive improvements on it as well to to meet you know industry demands like optics ready capability, dust cover rails as standard features. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And also what's really nice is like a lot of their guns, like especially their handguns are really priced very well compared to yeah. the competitors. I like that because you're not only getting really good quality, but you're also getting the same quality for like a few hundred dollars less. So that's always nice too. Yeah, absolutely. 
So if you guys want to check out their stuff, head on over to IWI.us. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15, all one word. That's going to get you 15% off any of their accessories in their web store. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Today's Tacti Talk. So Beretta announces new full-size pistol. Have you heard about this? Yeah, we actually, TFB TV just posted a, a, a quasi review over on the channel if you guys want to check that out. Oh, okay. Um, so this so it's, the, it's the new APX A1FS and it's a yeah, uh, striker for, fired. Yeah, striker fired full-size version of the APX A1 because there is a compact version out there already. But the APX A1FS is the full-size version. It's about the same size as a Glock 17, if okay. I remember correctly. Uh, it's got a couple. It's got a couple new features, like the slide durations are pretty beefy and very well designed, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The grip angle is a little bit different than what uh, if you like you're used to Glock grip angle is a little bit different. It's a little bit more steep. They also have the interchangeable back straps, which is nice. I know a lot of people, if you have smaller hands, larger hands, stuff like that, the slider release is ambidextrous, which I think is nice. Because really the slide release, if you're left-handed, it's like maybe the mag release is usually ambidextrous or you can, you know, reverse it. But to me, the biggest thing, if you're left-handed is like that slide lock. Yeah. The slide lock is definitely the biggest thing in terms yeah. of ambidextrous capabilities. Because yeah, everyone and their mother can, can make a reversible magazine catch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And then let's see, the slide's compatible with a variety of red dots, but the sights it comes with, it won't let you co-witness, which... It's kind of a bummer. I always like to co-witness my sights with my red dot, especially if, let's say, the red dot goes out. You know, it's just kind of nice to have sort of that backup. And then kind of similar to, you know, like, I mean, figure full-size gun. So it's available in 17 rounds, 15 or 10 if you live in restricted states. Yeah. And uh, I think capacity is still king in terms of what people choose to carry these days. And while, you know, the APX A1 FS is a full-size gun, I mean, why, why sacrifice on the, the capacity side? So 17 rounds or go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I'm the same way. MSRP on this is 529, which makes it pretty competitive, I guess, for all the features that you're getting. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'll definitely have to check them out. Hopefully they'll be at NRA. And because that's one thing, Walther and Beretta, I don't really have a lot of experience with those handguns. I probably have the least amount of experience with Walther. Beretta, I've been a huge fan ever since I was a kid of the M9 or the 92 FS mm-hmm. for a long time. Just that's a almost like a, an American classic at this point. Yeah. But, you know, the APX A1, their striker fired pistols have been winning me over slowly. Like Langdon Tactical has kind of shown me they, they're, they're actually pretty capable guns. And I you mean that price, 529 bucks is pretty competitive too. Like if you're thinking about like a full size pistol that's optics ready, like 500 bucks isn't, mm-hmm. isn't any, it, it's nothing. Man. Yeah, I know. Cause really they're typically like in the six, $700 range. Yeah. And then like, you know, you take anything, like any new gun, it, I'm automatically assuming like if it's a full size or a compact size pistol, 800 bucks out the door. That's, mm-hmm. that's my, that's my presupposition. Yeah. Yeah. Hello inflation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get it. All right, GSM Outdoors. This is the last GSM Outdoor ad read that I'm going to be doing. I'm not renewing their contract. 
Well, as a result, guys, if there's anything that you guys want from Walker's, Birchwood Casey, Cold Steel Knives, GPS Bags, Tech Mat, or True Glow, be sure that you use the code GUNFUNNY20, all one word. You're going to get 20% off your entire order from any of those companies that I listed. Definitely make sure that you take advantage of that because I'm not sure how long it's going to be active afterwards, but the I do know that my contract with them ends at the end of this month. So as of June 1st, I will not be talking about them anymore on the show. Like I said, take advantage of the coupon code. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. Today's AF segment, Twitter employees mock Musk. The Elon versus Twitter saga continues and a senior engineer and executive from Twitter were filmed making comments that confirmed their complete bias and disregard for free speech. Video of Twitter executive Alex Martinez was released mocking Musk for having uh, Asperger's and his mission to reform the platform in favor of free speech. He said he has Asperger's, so he's special. Your special needs, your literally special needs. So I can't even take what you're saying seriously. Well, that's kind of rude. Uh, Very he, rude. Right? I'm like, it's not even like funny. It's just like rude. I wouldn't even say he's like, I don't know. Um, he also said the company's, quote, woke ideology is partly why they have trouble making a profit and they aren't in the business of giving people free speech. I mean, they kind of are, but whatever. Musk pinned the video on his feed with the comment, Twitter exec trashing free speech and mocking people with Asperger's. Just the day before, a video of senior engineer Siru Murugasan, not even gonna, was released saying the company culture is extremely far left and workers are commie as F. And they, quote, hate, hate, hate Elon Musk and his potential $44 billion takeover. In the video, he says Twitter has a left-wing bias and the company regularly censors conservatives. Regarding Elon's takeover plans, he said, I'm at least okay with it, but some of my colleagues are like super left, 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 left. He said he became more left just by working there. I think it's just like the environment, like you're there and you become like this commie (laughs) who even talks like that. (laughs) I mean, me, (laughs) you know, you know, like our jobs are at stake. He's a capitalist and we weren't really operating as capitalists, more like very socialist, like we're all commie as F. Okay, this is interesting. None of this is at all surprising to those who have experienced social media censorship, but it's nice to see some of it coming out in the open. Currently, Elon's offer of $44 billion is on hold until Twitter proves to Elon that they aren't a massive amount of bots on the platform. Twitter claims in official SEC filings that less than 5% of users are bots. But in a recent tweet, Musk said that 20% fake spam accounts, while four times what Twitter claims could be much higher. My offer was based on Twitter's SEC filings being accurate. Yesterday, Twitter CEO publicly refused to show proof of less than 5%. This deal cannot move forward until he does. Another recent study showed that at least 50% of President Biden's Twitter followers were bots. Not even surprised. It's <laughs> definitely interesting to see, but you know whether Musk will be able to bring any real reform to Twitter is yet to be seen. But how crazy. Yeah, I'm, this, this whole event has been very pleasing to me. I absolutely love the amount of chaos 
one man has managed to inflict upon so many people who are angry at having people be able to voice their opinions on the internet. I know. You know, freely without, you know, without the fear of being banned or shadow banned mm-hmm. or something like that. So I'm I'm not on Twitter personally. Like I, it's not my thing, but you know, if you want to post on there and I get like, you know, private organizations that are entitled to their own rules and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But man, just like when, when you can't go somewhere and be able to talk with other people in a, a natural way without having your account you know, blacklisted for something innocuous, something that's not even illegal, you know, like that's not against any U S law that, that to me is a red flag and you're going beyond the purview of what it means to like allow the free exchange of ideas over the internet. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I keep saying that. Absolutely. I totally agree. We're just on the same wavelength, Ava. Yeah. I just don't know. It's been a really long week for me. (laughs) I believe it. I believe it. Hardworking girl. Yeah. Manicore Arms. If you have the CZ Scorpion Evo, definitely check out the upgrades that they have. One of the absolute essential upgrades is the Enhanced Ergonomic Evo Safety Levers. They're carefully contoured to be more comfortable than the OEM ones, which would typically dig into your thumb, especially with recoil. The M-Lock 4Ns are a game changer, giving you a rock-solid 4N to mount your accessories. And then if you add the switchback charging handle, which lets you give it like that HK slap, who doesn't love that HK slap? And Mm -hmm. the handle automatically folds out of the way so that it's not sticking out, but it's still really easy to use if you have to grab it, you know, in a smooth motion. But check those out, manicorearms.com. Remember to use the code AVAROCKS15, all one word, and that's going to get you 15% off. Today's iTunes reviews. First review is G.I. Jane1776, Addicted. Five stars. Love the show. Can't wait for new episodes every week. I just need another job to pay for all the new guns and gear I learn about here. Understatement. I'm like, girl, me too. Me too. I'm like, just waiting. I'm like, when am I going to have a cheap hobby? (laughs) Never. I know. I'm like, why is it everything I like is expensive? Second review, Clayton Lothar. New listener, new favorite podcast. Five stars. Just started listening to Gun Funny and it is the best. Great mix of news, reviews, and comic relief. Keep up the good work, Ava, and keep the lead going. Oh, keep the lead. Oh, boy. Keep the lead going downrange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. I need a nap. I need a nap. Well, they're spelled the same, so I don't blame you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the lead. Yeah, whatever. All right. So, Luke, I want you to pick a winner. And this one's tough. Usually I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I already know who they're going to pick, although it's not always a given. But, yeah, I don't know. Between the two reviews? Yeah, the first one or the second one? Hmm. Let's see here. Let's go with G.I. Jane. Okay. Did you just go with her just because you assume her gender? Uh, I didn't actually <laughs> state whether or not she was a male or a female. I know. So I, can't, I didn't dead name her, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I like the sentiment of um, getting a new job to pay for more guns because you can never have too many guns. That's true. But... It's also the accessories. So you think like, okay, I'm going to save up and I'm going to get this gun. And then you buy this gun. You're like, you know what would be really cool? If it had a different forend or if it had like a different stock on it or it needs needs a muzzle device. Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't look at new guns anymore and look at their MSRP. I 
start thinking about all the stuff I'm going to put on it. Like a new gun now to me, like for example, a new rifle not only means a new optic, most likely means a new suppressor, mm-hmm. um, new reloading dice for the caliber that it's chambered in, <laughs> new, yeah. more project, more projectiles, more powder. So there's a lot more to the gun for me than just just its base price. Yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, so you look at it and then you have to add like a few thousand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not crying. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, I do appreciate Clayton's review, though, where he said comic relief because recently, well, a lot of people, they're like, oh, gun funny. Huh, it's not even funny. And I'll admit it really isn't. I don't really try to be funny. I mean, I guess it was funnier when it first started because we did like prank calls. But, yeah, that's right. I remember that. But now, I don't know. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Like change the name after having it for like almost five years? And like, it is what it is, but. Just change it to the gun podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Very descriptive. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. What are you going to do? All right. Well, it's time to wrap up. Oh, G.I. Jane, contact me. Just go to gunfunny.com. Click on the contact us form and send me an address. Send out a prize pack. And you guys can find links to everything else at gunfunny.com. If you enjoy the show, you want to support it, consider becoming a Patreon. You'll get access to our Patreon-only Facebook group, which is a lot of fun. Also, Blown Deadline, he's giving away a $300 gift certificate to a lucky patron each month, which is that time actually to draw another lucky winner. Also wanted to thank the $25 patrons, Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Sake Holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, Melissa Writings, and of course, King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. And Luke, I really appreciate your time today. Can you just remind listeners once again where they can find you and the Firearms blog? Yeah, uh, you can find all of my articles over on thefirearmblog.com. Uh, there's also video reviews on YouTube on TFB TV. And if you want to reach me personally, you can find me on Instagram with the handle at ballistic aviation. Yeah, guys, just make sure that you keep the pictures very inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, only feet pics, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, on that note, uh, this little lady's got to take a nap. So I will see you guys next week. But I hope everyone has a great week. And Luke, thanks again for being on the show. And I will talk to you later. Pleasure to be here. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.